Welcome to Detour to Neverland, your guide to living your best Disney life through your hobby or business. Here's your hosts, Brendan and Catherine. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is episode number 134. So before we get into it, we just wanted to say that we have really enjoyed our Facebook community group growing recently. You know, so many new people have jumped in and joined us, and we've loved hearing from you and meeting you, and most importantly, learning about your Disney project and business and how that's evolving, um, and just hearing what you have to say. So we love all the new engagement and all the new people that we've gotten to meet. So if you haven't checked it out yet, we would highly recommend that you do so. Yep. So you can find that by searching on Facebook for Detour to Neverland podcast community. And we always put that in our show notes as well. I can honestly say nothing brings a bigger smile to our face than when someone posts in there like, hey, I'm starting this project. Like, And just to know that we played a small role in that is... Just a teeny tiny role. Is very heartwarming. Uh, it's really what we set out to do. So our guests today are the husband and wife dynamic duo behind the Magic Shop. You can find them on Instagram by Magic Shop Ears and then by Magic Shop Designs over on Etsy. Amy and John create really wonderful and intricate 3D printed ears and sunglasses, and they are really astounding. So we loved learning more about that process. You can also hear Amy as part of the Pixie Chicks podcast. So if you guys don't already subscribe to the Pixie Chicks podcast, you're missing out. They're growing rapidly and rightfully so. They have a wonderful show going on over there. So we chat about the shop, chat about the podcast. I know there's so many different value bombs and little nuggets that you guys will learn from this episode. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to go ahead and turn it over to Amy and John, where they will introduce themselves and tell us one fact that we may not know about them from social media. Yeah, so we're glad to be here talking to you guys. Um, I get to not play host tonight, so that will be good. <laughs> um, I'm Amy, and um, I was a high-end wedding planner for 10 years before the shop. So um, my feed is no longer pretty flowers. So that's what I did before I did this. <laughs> hey there, and this is John. And uh, before getting into all this, I actually started off as a welder about 10 years ago. And then work my way up into an engineering role now where I am at the uh, automation shop that I work at. Awesome. Well, good deal. So I think it's great to lay that foundation. If we can learn a little bit about your Disney story, kind of how did you fall in love with it? How has it evolved and grown over time? So uh, neither of us were Disney kids. Like we didn't go to Disney. I went once or twice as a kid. Um I have juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. And so days in the parks weren't super friendly for me as a kid. My parents were hauling me around in a stroller when I was giant. Like you see those kids now that we all give the side eye to. So it wasn't super kid friendly for me. And so we traveled other places. And then um, John never went as a kid. Because I never went until till we went. Yeah. Because John's from Colorado. So he would have headed to Disneyland anyway. But yeah. Um, we watched Disney films as kids, obviously. Oh, yeah, John sure. was a Lion King stan. Um, <laughs> and then when our older son, who is now 10, was four, I was pregnant with our younger son and, and bored at home. I still worked from home, even when I worked my other job. 
And I was like, let's plan a Disney trip. And I don't um, take things on lightly. I <laughs> dive in and I found Disboards. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is intense. We need to plan this. And so I did. And we went um, and had this amazing trip. And I think we're always chasing that trip, by the way. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> always like, how do we get that trip back? Um, and when we came back, I became a Disney travel agent because I had done an obscene amount of research. And then we're like, how else can we work this into our lives? And John can kind of talk about how that happened with the shop. But um, we were just like desperate to keep going. <laughs> so we needed to fund it. Yep, exactly. And then about a year or two before we actually started the shop, I had gotten a uh, 3D printer for my birthday from my in-laws, and uh, we just kind of let it sit around for about a year and a half or so until finally we were looking around on Instagram, and it's like, they're 3D printing ears now. Let's give that a try. Yeah. I mean, we want to be <laughs> like, we were not the first 3D printed ear shop. We were maybe third or fourth, so we were pretty early, but... Um, yeah, that was it. That was us trying to like fund the new obsession. Exactly. But we don't have a long Disney backstory, but since we started, it's been like hot and heavy intense. I mean, we're DVC members now. Like we're committed. You know? <laughs> I love that. I feel like your background as a wedding planner, as far as going all in on the planning yeah. aspect, totally makes sense. That's how I sold myself to the travel agency as well. When I was a Disney travel agent, I'm like, yes, I've only been once, but <laughs> I can plan the crud out of events. So I'm sure I can plan people's vacations. Yeah. And they bought it and I did it for several years until the shop took off. So yeah. that was fun too. Well, already I think that you've shared something that's so relatable to so many of our listeners and relatable to us where like you start one thing, it leads into something else. You ditch this because it's not working mm -hmm. and you go over <laughs> here until you find something that sticks and kind of how did that process work for you until you finally realize like, okay, this is what we need to be spending our time on and this is what's going to stick for us. Um, I think getting into the 3D Disney game as early as we did. I mean, a lot of this and John, if you don't agree with me, just, you know, shove me <laughs> on the chair. But a lot of it was luck. Like we got in at the right yeah, time. There sure. are, and we are friends with most of them, love them all. But there are a lot of 3D shops now that have trouble getting traction unless they have a very specific niche. And we were one of those first few shops that came in um, and we've tried to remain really affordable, um, which means sometimes our designs aren't quite as like over the top. And that has kind of given us a real steady customer base yeah. and that we have said over and over was just luck. Like it was just luck <laughs> that we got in at the right time and we were making much more money off of that than I was as a travel agent. And so um, we kind of abandoned that because that, which I'm sure you've, I know I've, uh, you've spoken to travel agents in the past and they'll tell you it's a lot of work and the really good ones do a fantastic job. And um, there were ones that were better than me. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's great. And I am just so curious because I don't know anything about 3d printing, but what does that whole process look like? Like that creation process. It all starts out from like a 2D sketch, basically. And then from there, you have to build it layer upon layer. And it's all just like a PLA plastic is what we use. And uh, it's actually like a four-hour process just to make one pair of ears from start to finish. Well, that's like a super simple pair of that's, ears. Yeah, it's a simple <laughs> one. It can go anywhere up to like 12 to 14 12 hour to 14, yeah. 
yeah, process of actually printing them. So from a lay person, like it's a giant <laughs> spool of threaded plastic in a color and it goes through the machine and the machine makes it hot. Right. And then John tells it what to do and it builds it and it takes forever, but it's just melted plastic. Yeah. That is so cool. That gives me like flashbacks. We had a brief stint in embroidery. Like very, very and brief. <laughs> like, do you ever get halfway through and you realize there's like something wrong with the file or the design's not quite right, or, or, do, you, oh, yeah. or do you QA it as much? You, as you possibly no, you can? walk away and like three hours later you come back and there's like an explosion of plastic in our. Yeah, there's printer. a giant ball of plastic because it printer. will keep going, oh, and no. it's just it's. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And I can't fix those. So I'll be calling him at work for a while. He had a baby <laughs> monitor camera set up so he could watch two of the four printers from work and call me and be like, you need to stop it now. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. So as far as the design process, you know, when you decide to make a new pair of ears, is it more like a customer like suggestion or do you come up with the designs yourself or how does that work? like a combo yeah we started out doing a lot more customer i guess inspired designs and now we do a lot more kind of our own design choices i guess yeah and it's really just what works i mean you have to have some ability to take a an image of or what you've drawn up and turn it into a file on cad or yeah yeah, i never know what i'm saying (laughs) and sometimes sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't we have had a pair of sunglasses that are monorail themed like in the works for forever and they just they don't they just don't they don't work so we're like we're not gonna put that out there yeah so you just you never know what's gonna work and so sometimes people get you know they want this they want that and we try but you know some some work and some you just have to walk away from yeah exactly that is so interesting because i would imagine you probably get a lot of people who are like hey i have this bound coming up or hey i'm going for dapper day you know whatever it is like can you do this for me um so it's interesting that you have the balance of both both ways that that they come to life yeah and we had to kind of abandon customs probably two years ago we still do some if like it's a large enough order that they're going to order like 25 or 30 years that's worth it but and they needed six months from now, yeah if they've got like six months to hang out and wait <laughs> but um it just got kind of overwhelming and like i said it, it's really important to us to be friends with the other 3d printing shops in the community um and so we have quite a few shops who um, don't have quite the volume who we know will take on customs. And so we'll send them that way. But customs for us with us with two little kids and John works more than full time. And I can't do CAD much to John's <laughs> chagrin every weekend. He's like, is this the weekend? Are you going to learn CAD? And no, it's never the weekend. So <laughs> we have to wait on him. And so that's that's kind of the the bottleneck in our process is there aren't enough hours in the day for John to sit at the computer. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's certainly a good problem to have though, instead of you're just twiddling your thumbs waiting (laughs) for the next order to come in. But of course, so your shop is on Etsy. We've Mm -hmm. talked to many Etsy shop owners and that is a place that a lot of people start because it is so accessible and easy to set up through your time on Etsy. Do you have any tips for how to show up higher in search rankings or just how to be more successful on that platform? I mean, I we stay on Etsy because we do have a percentage of our traffic on Etsy that comes from Etsy. 
Um, especially like in the summer, which is just crash and burn for us. We don't sell very much during the summer. It just, everything comes to a halt for some reason. Um, so we stay on there, we get a few orders, but Instagram is where our customer base is. And a lot of the shops will move off of Instagram into their own or off of Etsy to their own site because of Etsy's fees and Etsy's restrictions. Um, and we have just not been brave enough to do that. <laughs> we haven't had it all set up and everything. I, it has been just, set yeah, up. Yeah. There is a site, but it is not <laughs> functional. Um, because I'm just, I'm terrified of losing that like quarter of the market that yeah. is Etsy. And, um, I, you know, what we did was when we heard that they were going to bury listings that didn't offer free shipping, we rolled our shipping into our pricing. So, I would just say, you know, the more you can work with their system, it's not worth fighting it. If you want to stay on there, you're just going to have to roll with their punches, um, you know, which they are getting pretty greedy, but, you know, it's a pretty great marketplace. So what are you going to do? Um, I We have found it, it, you know, the more popular your item gets, the further down in those listings you become. I don't find paid ads on Etsy to... Uh, have a lot of return. Um, I don't find paid ads period to have a lot of return. I've done them on Facebook. I've done them on Instagram. I've done them on Etsy. Um, I just, it's frustrating. You know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you've heard it a lot over the last few months. I know that um, the algorithms are tough and nobody knows how to beat them. So we just kind of try to roll with it. Yeah. Well, it is interesting because I know that's the evolution that many shops go through it's like okay when you start out etsy will provide a certain percentage of your traffic that you Mm -hmm. don't have to worry about as much and you don't have to be as dependent on social media but once you get that up and rolling i guess there's always that tipping point all right when can we negate these costs by setting something up for ourselves but then you're responsible for the traffic so that's that's an interesting dilemma that i think many shops have to work through as they grow right right and we just um, we just aren't brave enough to do it, guys. <laughs> so you'll find us on Etsy. <laughs> hey, there's nothing. I mean, there are so many wonderful sellers on Etsy. Yeah. I find it so convenient because then you can find similar shops and you can discover new people um, that way as well. So the next thing I wanted to hit on is that your ears and your sunglasses are all over Instagram. I mean, so many people that we follow... We'll see that they tag you in photos that they've had, they've, they've purchased a pair of ears or a pair of sunglasses, and then they show up and they tag you. And that is just such a great way of word of mouth marketing. Can you just speak to a little bit of how you've encouraged customers or people that you've partnered with to do that and, and do that marketing for you? Um, you know, it's always a surprise. It's funny. We go through phases where like nobody will tag us for forever and then we'll get a bunch and it's amazing. I think one of the best ways to do it is just really go through your tagged photos. And even if it's not a great photo, like post it so that that person is like, oh, well, if I tag her in um, my picture, she's going to post my pictures. And people, you know, we have a fairly large following on Instagram and they like, you know, getting featured on on the shop pages and and that kind of encourages it. Um, You know, we have, we are not, our rep situation is always odd. We have a very close group of shop friends who are also most of whom are my podcast friends too. Um, And we all swap products and that, you know, would be, we talk about 
um, how to kind of build your business and find that core group of people who, if I send my friend Jessica at the Blonde Ruby three pairs of ears, she's going to shoot it with 10 of her embroidery pullovers and I'm going to get 50 photos. Like I know that's going to happen versus sending them to one of um, the kids, you know, that lives out in Florida and reaches out to me and says, can we collab and can I have some free stuff and I'll send you pictures. And you know, when you first start out, there's a lot of pressure when somebody sends you a message and they're like, I have 5,000 followers and I want to share your stuff. Please send me a pair of ears. And I did that a lot. Yeah, I, did that a lot. <laughs> I did that a lot. Um, and your return, uh, maybe is maybe you 20% of what you expect it to be. Yeah. Um, a lot of time you'll get one picture. It's not that great. Um, and you kind of have to take those risks, I think at the beginning, but, um, I don't, I've got, if, if all you're messaging me for is free ears, I don't respond to your message. Um, I just, I can't like there's, I get 20 a day. I can't do that. Um, I would never get the paying customers ears made. (laughs) Um, so what I have found is if our, my, again, my group of shop friends have a rep that they really like, I will reach out, um, Sarah of Arendelle's who we use right now quite a bit. And she won a giveaway from us. So she never had to purchase anything, but she was, entering our giveaways and she won one legitimately. I mean, (laughs) and she sent me a whole bunch of pictures in the ears that she won. And I knew that other shop friends had worked with her. And I said, Hey, if I send you a big box of ears, will you send me pictures? And she has, and then she's professional. And so I think, you know, if that's, if you want to be in that game, enter all those giveaways, if you can purchase one item, purchase one and give that shop owner like 50 pictures. I don't think I'm answering the question, but like I went off on a tangent. <laughs> no, I do think that is, is something that's so important for shop owners. A, I think you have to respect your own time and your own products and how much you, effort you're putting into them and not just give them away, you know, and get caught up in some number of, you know, yeah. someone's following. Um, I, I, th- I do think that's an excellent outlook on it though. Yeah. So we have just kind of lucked into that. It, we'll laugh. Somebody will say, I think because when you're in your own head, like you don't feel like you're a big shop. People will tell me we're a big shop. I'm like, Meh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> are we? Um, and you know, somebody tagged me in a in like a story. I say me because I run our social media. John is tagged too. Um, but, um, they'll say, and look, I there's a sighting of Magic Shop's famous tangled ears. I'm like, we're okay. Well, famous. We're famous. I didn't know. <laughs> like you know, nobody feels you know. If just because you feel like you're a small shop, everybody feels that way. Um, you know, people will say you're too big not to have your own website. I'm like, we're just, we're little, we're just, <laughs> we're just a little shop. So I think, you know, it's nice to hear that you feel like you see them a lot. Um, the sunglasses are a different thing, um, because they're unique. There aren't a ton of other of them. And so people, I feel like people buy them more to take the picture than they do to actually wear them. I mean, <laughs> because you're not going to go to Walmart, like in your yeah, exactly. giant Mickey or Tangled sunglasses, you wear those to the park to take pictures in. Yeah. So that's, you know, if you come up with a product that people want to take pictures in, that's helpful. For sure. Well, even CEO Bob Iger said the word Instagrammable at twenty-three. <laughs> so, so it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm sure there was an audible gasp. It was. Whatever he said. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. But I do like everything that you said because I think you did answer the question even if you don't think you did. (laughs) Since, 
you know, your whole approach to getting, you know, your ears to show up on Instagram, even when it's not just like an organic kind of thing, it's very strategic. Um, And like Brendan said, it's all about finding those good partners that you trust. Um, And that kind of leads us into the Pixie Chicks podcast. So tell us a little bit about that and what you do over there. So that's like our new, I say our, John helps us out. We have, um, there are six pixie chicks. And when Lauren, one of my co-hosts is not around to help edit, she's our tech guru. John will jump in and edit. So he's a, what we call y'all the lost boys. So um, the husbands of. I didn't even know that. I'm sorry. We were going to make a shirt. Anyway. So six of my shop friends and I um, started the Pixie Chicks podcast. We released um, episode 21 today. So that's kind of how far into this we are. We're we're a baby podcast. We're always like, <laughs> how do they put out so many podcasts a week? Because we all listen to you guys. But, um, you know, to get the six of us together for one. But yeah, it's been a blast. So Lauren from Yoloso kind of threw out this idea in an engagement pod that we had of And I mean, we have been in an engagement pod, which I know you guys have talked about on your shows before, um, for literally years, this group has been together for years and we have traveled together. Like none of us had met in person and we all went to Disney world together, slept in the same bed after not knowing each other, you know, that morning, that kind of thing. So we have been, um, tight for a while and I have been a podcast addict forever and like since serial was originally airing forever. So, um, That's not really forever, but in this group of girls, it is. (laughs) Um, And so I had been trying trying to get everybody into podcasts. And eventually, I kind of won them over. And then Lauren had the idea that we should just do our own. And that wasn't a hard sell for me. So six of us um, kind of grouped together and we're all co-hosts and we rotate. And we are a news-focused show. So we record on Sunday nights. And then we have our news pop up Monday mornings. So that is what we are doing is just kind of covering news. We do some bonus stuff, but, um, you know, there are plenty of voices on ours already. So having guests or like branching out is tough because we can hardly hear each other speak half the time. We're talking over each other. No, we love it. We were listening to some episodes today and it is refreshing to hear so many different opinions on things, you know, and and just hearing how different people do Disney or how different people take in news, I think is so interesting. And especially, I like that if you have that core group going forward, the listeners get to know everybody's personalities and you get the kind of the, I don't know what the right word is, like the shticks or things. Yeah. Like, like people yeah. know that we don't like Seven George Mind Train. Like that's our thing now going mm-hmm. forward. And once you get that relationship between the hosts and the listeners, I think that's when you really have something magical. And and I think you're well on your way. We, we love it so far. Yeah, it's been really fun. We actually hit 10,000 downloads today. So we were celebrating in our little chat. That was fun. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. That's like by far my favorite thing to do now <laughs> is to talk, which is not, you know, um, I was listening to y'all talk um, the other day about that you're both really introverted. And I was like, oh, gosh, we are like the opposite. You guys talked about how opposites attract don't always. That's not always a thing. That is definitely a thing with us. Yeah, John sure. John would prefer never to speak. So. <laughs> yeah, that would be really bad for us. I mean, we we don't like to talk in big groups or anything, but we'd both just like look at each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Well, awesome. So I think this is such a fun conversation. We have loved hearing more about the magic shop and also the pixie chick. So we highly suggest our listeners go over and connect with you guys on both of those accounts. We're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our partners, and then we'll be back to play the fast pass rounds. As entrepreneurs and side hustlers, time efficiency is one of our most valuable assets. Making the most of your limited time to work on your project is key to growing your project and expanding your reach. For us, Tailwind has made our lives so much easier for Instagram and Pinterest. We sit down once a week on Sundays and we schedule out all of our posts and all of our pins. So during the week, we can spend our time engaging with people within the community. So if you are looking for a tool that will help you expand your social media reach and make the most of your time, I really encourage you to sign up for a free trial with no credit card required over at detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind. Again, completely free trial. Don't even have to put a credit card in there. No risk at all. Detourtoneverland.com forward slash tailwind or hit the link in our show notes. Good deal. So we are back. We are going to throw out these Disney topics. If you guys can just share kind of the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Okay. Sounds great. So the first one is just name the Disney parks that you visited. So we're we're just Disney World people. <laughs> like we've never been anywhere else. We will be going to Disneyland for um, Avengers Campus when it's open. Yeah. So we will branch out. We promise. <laughs> yes to that. Which yeah. Which attraction are you most excited for in Avengers Campus? I want to go to Wakanda, so I have to wait for the second uh, opening. I forget, you know, but yeah, I, I definitely want to go to Wakanda. So we have Spider Man looks pretty fun too. Yeah, Spider Man looks fun. I'll yeah. just be sad about Tom Holland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know we can't even can't talk about it yet. No, we just like we keep almost like bringing it up with each other, and then we're like, no, it's too soon. By the time this episode drops, our listeners are going to be rolling their eyes like, move past it. <laughs> Maybe it will have all worked yeah, out. Work out by Maybe our future selves will be like, oh, they're silly. They worked it all out. <laughs> Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. So of the four parks in Walt Disney World, which one is your favorite and why? You answer something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Hollywood Studios just because... I mean, I love everything there pretty much, and it's growing so much now, and it's turning into where, you know, with Galaxy's Edge coming in and Toy Story Land, it's just turned into an awesome place to be. And uh, up till now, it's been one of the actually less crowded places to be. Yeah, we're weirdos. Like, we have said Gal- or Hollywood Studios is our favorite park, even when everything was closed. Yeah. Like, but we also have two little boys, and so it's like Star Wars was still oh, yeah, for sure. there. So Jedi training and all of that jazz. So we're weirdos. We say Hollywood Studios even when there's three attractions yeah, open. We've yeah. been Star Tours about a million times. Yeah, we like the vibe there. Yeah. <laughs> I am still salty that they did not have Jedi training when I was a kid. I was <laughs> all about Pretty that. Pretty awesome. Although, honestly, if I'm being truthful, I probably would have chickened out because I was too shy. <laughs> Your brother would have done it, though. Oh, yeah. He would have definitely yeah. done it. Ours are pretty shy. They they did they do pretty well. I'm crossing my fingers it sticks around for a while. Yeah. Yep. Hopefully so. So I do have to ask though, when you ride Star Tours a million times, do you get different scenes? Yes. 
Yeah, I think we've seen them all, at least that I know. <laughs> I don't think so. But... <laughs> I, think, I think the number of combinations is pretty intense. Yeah, there's a ton of combinations, yeah. but I think we've seen most of them probably by now. Yeah, I mean, you tend to, because the cast member is like plugging it in outside the door. So, yeah. you know, they have their favorites <laughs> or whatever, but you're... um you tend to see the same over and over, but every once in a while you'll get something like, Oh, I haven't done this before because there are three or four different, like there's three different, three different scenes that that they can mix and match. So sometimes you'll have seen the first and seen the last, but the middle was different. Yeah. We are in a bad cycle. Yeah. Apparently we always get the same cast member or something and they have a favorite scene. Because I swear it never changes for us anymore. I'm the worst at Star Wars lands, but indoor is where the Wookiees are, right? Is that right? This is a John question. Indoor is where? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. so we always start in indoor, <laughs> and then we go underwater with Jar Jar Binks. And then no, we, hey, we get, do that a lot. Get into the Jar Jar. Yeah. And then third, <laughs> sometimes we get Hoth, but I don't know. It's it's normally like always the exact same yeah. thing. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll just have to ride with you guys so you can hopefully... We can loan us. you. We can loan you a five-year-old and a ten-year-old that will ride with you all day, <laughs> and we'll we'll go elsewhere, and y'all just hang out with them. It'll be great. We'll just slip a twenty to the cast member who's plugged it. In <laughs> yeah, like, give, give us, us something, something different. New. Yeah, yeah. So, what would be your Disney bucket list trip? Um. Well, we're coming right off of D23. So <laughs> I do really want to go to California. And I also want to do the Walt Disney Studios tour. So it would have to be like a multi-stop California trip. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of our Pixie Chicks ladies just checked that out and it was pretty amazing. Um, so right now I would say it was California. Knowing that we're probably definitely going to do California, then I would probably put Paris as like a long term. Yeah. Right. Sounds yeah. good. We're not cruise people, so we have to stick to the <laughs> Stay on land. Stay on land. You don't want to fly to a different continent with your two young boys. That doesn't sound very fun right now. <laughs> not right now. No, I can't I'm not paying for that. I'd have to make a whole lot more years. <laughs> <laughs> so next would be your favorite Disney resort. And it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at. Um, I like both the Polynesian and uh Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yeah. We own DVC at Animal Kingdom Lodge, so that's probably our, should be our answer in theory. <laughs> that's our yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll be there in January staying, yeah. and I, I, I could stay there forever and just eat at all the places. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the food at Animal Kingdom is awesome. We're just there for the food. Yep. So I feel like any Animal Kingdom owners, you have to ask, are you Jumbo or Kadani team? So I'm team Jumbo yeah. because Jiko's there <laughs> and like you have the big dramatic entrance, yeah. but, um, you know, we aren't like, we haven't been DVC for long, obviously, as this has been kind of a short five, six year journey, but I think probably as we stay there more, um, you know, Kidani having Sanaa and then having all of the DVC merch and the kind of quieter side of it, it might win us over like in the long run, you know, since we're <laughs> going to be going until 2057, it'll have time to grow on us. Yeah. We've still not been able to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge. No, that's definitely goals for us. Do I love norm- it over there. Yeah. Do you normally splurge for Savannah View? Um, We are not. We're doing standard view this time because we want to... Um, 
go again. We want to do an adult trip on that same year of points. So we have enough points to do like a week in a two bedroom. And so we're going to do a week in a one bedroom and then go back without our children because we're really (laughs) excellent parents. (laughs) Hey, I support that all the way. Yeah. Yeah. So next one would be if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Flight of Passage for both of us? Yeah, no, well, well, I could go Rock and Roller Coaster. Flight of probably. Passage for me, Rock and Roller Coaster for you. Yeah, we'll yeah. go with that. Those so, are solid choices. So, John, do you want <laughs> Aerosmith to stay long term? Are you down for a refurb or what? I would be down for a refurb depending on who it is, but I'm a pretty, pretty big Aerosmith fan too, so I like Aerosmith. If they refurb it, will you stop going upside down and they'll make it a slow ride and then I can get on it? That's not going to happen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that kind of goes with our next question. So which ride do you think is due for an exit or refurbishment? Do I go? Which one do you think? Well, uh, mine's like a cheat because it's getting done. (laughs) Like mine is Spaceship Earth, which doesn't make me very popular. Um, but Spaceship Earth gives me anxiety. Like as it <laughs> cranks down backwards, we got stuck on it for probably 30 minutes, 30 minutes yeah. at the like 45 degree angle backwards when I had a toddler, like a wiggly toddler <laughs> and it was upsetting. <laughs> like it was just a really long 30 minutes. So I'm, I'm ready for Spaceship Earth to get a refurb. What, I don't know. What do you want to refurb? I think a lot of Dino Land could sure, probably I'll, have yeah, a refurb. Sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> just the whole thing. Just the whole thing. <laughs> Start again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, I saw an interesting Twitter question today. They asked wrong and You know how people do those wrong answers only? Have you ever seen those? They said, what Disney character would you want to narrate Spaceship Earth? Wrong answers only. I feel like I won. I said Groot. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of a cheat, though. <laughs> I feel like that's the perfect answer. I think that's the right answer. I think that's correct, though. I mean, that's we true. saw, you know, we talked a lot last night talking about D23 about, you know, seeing Moana's grandmother sail across the sky in Spaceship yeah. Earth. I don't know. We have a couple really diehard pixie chicks um, who are upset about IP coming to Spaceship Earth. And then we have me who's like, I don't care. Are they going to put a new track and it's yeah. going to be smooth and I won't get stuck? That's all I care about. All for it. All for it. I saw some people say Roz, too. That would be a good one. Oh, that would be a good one. <laughs> You'd be so annoyed by the time you got off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. So next would be, what land or area in the parks brings you the most inspiration? John prepped me for these questions because he doesn't like to be on the spot, and I forget what I said. <laughs> um, I could go for Pandora. Pandora, Yeah. yeah. Um, which is kind of surprising for us because we're yeah. not like avatar people. Right. It's just so well done. I mean, anything Joe Rody does is pretty fantastic. I mean, Galaxy's Edge, once it gets opened, could be probably the biggest one for us too. For me anyway. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is just what's coming because yeah. we know now the level of immersion that Pandora is. So yeah. everything that's coming is going to be pretty amazing. I would go with classic Main Street. Like, I know that's not technically a land, but if you divide it up, like just the feel <laughs> of Main Street and the castle for me is like that the special feeling. <laughs> yeah. When you do go to Disneyland, they have many more little turnoffs that you can mm-hmm. go down the little alleyways. That is the perfect that's spot. That's some good sitting. Yep. Yeah. 
I feel like there's probably some people who go like sit there multiple times a week just to sit. That would be me if we lived. Yeah, to a park. absolutely. Yeah. So these next couple of questions are our favorite. Um, so which, or I guess, what is your favorite snack or a go-to snack? Um, I, my two go-tos are the English toffee from the Main Street Bakery. And then I really like the caramel chocolate apples. <laughs> like I have to go home with one and then I have to go home with like a tub of the toffee because my parents like it too. So, um, I don't know what's yours. Uh, probably go make Mickey pretzel. I mean, yeah. there was a one night at Hollywood studios where we were sitting around waiting for fireworks and I think we were it just was like the best, best pretzel, pretzel ever. We we're really hungry also. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah, it was pretty awesome. So, yeah. Do you go with any condiments or any cheese with it, or is it just straight pretzel? Gotta go with the cheese. Cheese. You have to have yeah. cheese. Good. We I can, agree. We can be friends. Yeah. Any mustard yeah. people <laughs> if, get out. If yeah. the option is cheese or no cheese, the correct answer is always cheese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So next one, sticking with food, what is your favorite table service table service and quick service restaurants? Woo! That was a mouthful. <laughs> So I'm like, food is the whole reason that I started researching Disney World. So I'm going to break it down further. My favorite signature restaurant is Jiko. My favorite table service is still Ohana. We have yet to have yeah. a bad meal. I know that that's there. And then I think that my quick service is kind of controversial, but I'll say Flame Tree. That's really good, though. Yeah. We're Are any of yours different? I feel like we like the same. Yeah, things. we're pretty much the same on all those. Um I mean, if there's a festival going on Epcot. Festival, yeah. You, know, you like Via Napoli. Yeah. Made me question if I've been saying that wrong my entire <laughs> life when he was speaking yesterday. So yeah, it's a little different. I'm not, I don't remember how he said it, but if that was wrong, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that as well. Um, yeah, I was like, was that how we're supposed to be saying that this whole time? <laughs> so we have not been to Jico. No, mm -hmm. we haven't. If we're not very adventurous eaters, but we like Sanaa, would we like Jico? Okay, so we've never been to Sanaa. Oh, okay. <laughs> so my understanding, and we've been to Jico three or four times. Yeah. Like we have trouble pulling ourselves away from Jico to go to Sanaa. Um, my understanding is that Sanaa might even be more adventurous. Jico, yeah. um, so my mom goes with us a lot and she's like the least adventurous eater ever. And she really likes it. I mean, we're talking, I often get a filet and it's just, everything just... Yeah. We had no idea what African food was, like no clue. And I don't remember even why we went to Jiko the first time. We just I don't know, did. We just picked it. And yeah. Probably. And it was like mind blowing. There's just so much flavor. Um, you know, for reference, we don't like Greek food. That's probably the only kind of food we don't <laughs> like. Yeah. So um, African food became like our new favorite thing. There's like a lamb dish that John dreams about all year long. <laughs> Absolutely. And <laughs> the bread service, the taste of Africa stuff yeah. um, is fantastic. And their servers are also just like the best. And mm -hmm. the wine is really good, which is important. <laughs> no, I am a South African wine snob. Kevin. Yes. He, I call him a wine snob all the time. Just South African wine. Okay. Well, I will have to expert. <laughs> I'll have to text you. The picture of the label of the African wine that we like ordered yeah. a case of when we got, when we got home, home from our first trip to Chico because it was the best. <laughs> Man, that's funny. don't tempt me with a good time. I, I will, I will <laughs> order that right now. <laughs> awesome. So those are all good choices. I, Flame Tree. I feel that's a solid choice. 
Yeah, I feel like if you're going to go with quick service in Animal Kingdom, you're going to get a side eye if you don't say Satuli. So, um, but we liked Flame Tree really quite like a it, bit. Yeah. We used to, we probably used to say Columbia Harbor House, but I don't feel like it's been as good lately. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It hurts my heart. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, no, he he feels the same way, though. I know. Last time we so went, good. Yeah, last time we went, the breading was different on the fish. Yeah. Um, but Flame Tree is a solid choice. They actually ran out of food when we were there for Moonlight Magic. For Moonlight oh. Magic mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. month. So. We don't get to do Moonlight Magic because we're stepchildren. We're resale DVC. So <laughs> we don't get the blue card. So <laughs> you Okay, so compromise. You just mm-hmm. add us to your reservation next time you go and just give That's us fine. a bedroom and then we'll, we'll all go in. <laughs> I mean, we're bedroom. fairly, I mean, in the grand scheme of the country, we're fairly local to each other. We exactly. can coordinate this in That's some true. way. <laughs> exactly. That's very true. So next one would be your favorite Disney movie. You go first. I'm going to go with the original animated Lion King. Okay. And I'm a weirdo. And my answer to this <laughs> is always Newsies. Hmm. Okay, we saw that at TPAC when it came to Tennessee. Yep, that is the second time in the history of this podcast that you've mentioned TPAC, and nobody knows what it is because it's the <laughs> Tennessee Performing I Arts say, Center. I was going to figure it out. I'm a, yeah, I'm a theater kid. I would have gotten it. <sighs> when else did I mention it? I don't remember it. I know you've mentioned it before. Well, dang. Um, well, watch the movie, and you can see young Christian Bale, and it's just, it's a classic. <laughs> We will have to watch that. Yeah. We watch a lot of Lion King, so that's a solid choice. Surely Newsies oh, yeah, will sure. be on Disney Plus. Surely. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, Everything yeah. else is going to be. Everything's going to be on Disney Plus. So, we yeah. just have, yeah, we have a running list of all the movies that we can't find on Netflix right now <laughs> that we <laughs> yeah. want to They're watch. They're all gone. Yeah. All yes. gone. Like Peter Pan. Where do you watch Peter Pan right now unless you have the VHS or the DVD? You can't. You can't. So. That's how Disney's been for years. It's all coming out of the vault, he said. So here we go. Watch out. It. So the next one is your favorite Disney quote. Um, mine is probably go live your dream, which is very basic, but I have yeah. a bracelet that I wear that says that. I like it a lot. <laughs> I guess I'll go with Yoda and you know, the old do or do not, there is no try. Ooh, I like it. We've never heard that one before. No, we haven't. Oh, look, you were, see, I was yes. very basic. <laughs> so I, from our conversation, I can just, I, you know, just putting puzzle pieces together. John, I think you're a little excited for Galaxy's Edge. Is that? I am a little excited <laughs> for Galaxy's Edge. Definitely looking forward to it. He, he and the boys are ready. We have our Droid Depot reservation yep. and we're ready to go. We went with the Droid as well. The lightsaber was a little too expensive for me. It's a little pricey. Well, we we have two boys, <laughs> yeah. so that becomes you know your two hundred dollar lightsaber becomes a four hundred dollar lightsaber. Yeah. So um, two of everything. So they're getting droids. That was going to be my next question. Do they do they share or do they get to make their own? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Brandon, no. You would not the... share with your brother. Come on. Growing up, we always had two game systems. Like if my brother got a GameCube, I got a GameCube. If he got oh, an gosh. Xbox, I got an Xbox because we fought so much. If we just had one. That's intense. Ours are far enough apart that we don't run into that too much. They're five years apart. And so um, the problem is the little one breaks the big one's things. So (laughs) I hate to say this, but me and my brother are five years apart. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Your boys are just better behaved than him and his brother. (laughs) It's just the older one. When the younger one gets older, we're in for a world of trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So the last one is your favorite Disney parks memory. Ours is the same, right? Yeah. Um, so on our very first trip, like we talk about, we always chase like that first trip feeling. Um, probably standing outside of Magic Kingdom with our then five-year-old, our now 10-year-old, um, and seeing the the good welcome show, like with the train. And like he had no idea what was coming. John had no idea what was coming. <laughs> I hadn't been there since I was, you know, eight or nine yeah. and I was crying and everybody was excited and <laughs> like, and just, I think it's more looking back on it because like this has changed our lives. Like, you know, what we do every day and, you know, I, I'm part of a podcast about it. I, you know, we have a business, I've been a travel agent. Like when John gets home from work, we watch Disney YouTube videos, like that's every day. And so retrospectively, like looking back on it, that's like the moment that changed our lives. Yep, I exactly. guess that sounds super corny. But. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We like our first trip when we went, whenever I was graduating high school, that's like a similar thing for us. Like that was the snowball that started this Disney obsession. So that's awesome that you remember that moment so vividly. Yeah. It might not have been that wonderful and hazy, but that's how I remember, <laughs> I remember it. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. And I can't tell that story once my younger one starts like paying attention and remembering things because he wasn't there. Yeah. So I have to find another one. He'll be so jealous. <laughs> so the last thing that we want to ask you guys is if you could give one piece of parting guidance to someone who's looking to become a Disney content creator or make their own products, what would you say? You go. Go ahead. You don't have anything. <laughs> yeah. Again, well, I, mean, I runs think, the whole thing. I so. know. I just, I really would encourage you not to get dis- discouraged because this, like I have said before, this is so much luck. Like you're not doing anything wrong. If it, you took a really long time to learn whatever craft it is or yeah. skill and you didn't hit it at the right time, like be okay letting it go and finding something else. that's still in an area you're passionate about. I was listening to one of your episodes and we were, y'all were talking about, you know, niching down. And I think that, you know, we hear that a lot and it's just true. Like find one little thing, like it it doesn't have to be earth changing or shattering. I mean, you look at, um, you know, the kids from BDI who do the um, magic band buddies that are 3d printed. I mean, they do a ton of them. My friend LZ who runs a buzz designs does the little, pucks that go around your magic band um if you don't want to take the middle out like very specific things and those are the things that like explode and um you know don't don't try to compare yourself to shops that have been there for three or four years um and just know that it's tough and like we all have slow times we all um, think, Oh my God, I quit a real job for this. Um, you know, so I would also say, don't be in a hurry to quit your real job. Um, you know, I had built a business with my mom for 10 years and we were very successful and we were ready to quit. Like we were ready. It was just a lot. And so that worked out really well for us. But like sometimes like in the summer when things get slow, I'm like, Oh God, like maybe I should have, maybe I should go work, you know, at Target for a little while. Um, but just don't put too much pressure on yourself. Not everything is going to be a hit. We certainly release, there have been ear designs that we've released that we've maybe sold one pair in yep. two years. Like, and there are, there are shops that are out there doing that, that you look at on Instagram that, 
have, you know, 50,000 followers. That doesn't mean everything they do is great. So just find your people. I think my pod group, my engagement group would agree with me, like find your people that are going to support you and who are going to tell you, like when you send something that you think is great, they're going to be like, "Mm." (laughs) you know, and they'll tell you that and they'll support you. So I think find your people, find your niche and just realize that this is a bizarre a bizarre community and like so much of it is luck based and just go for it. If it works great, if not like roll up your sleeves and start again with something else. Yeah. I love that. I think that is excellent advice. And it made me think of something that I've been pondering over recently. Obviously our podcast is very niche down um, and we Mm -hmm. did that intentionally. And it's something someone told us the other day Whereas like sometimes you can't go find your audience. Sometimes you have to keep putting your stuff out there and allow your audience to find you. And that really hit home for me. And I think it's so true for so many people that it's not like you said, it's not necessarily that you're doing something wrong. Sometimes you just have to wait for the right time and for the right break to happen. And then things are going to really pick up. So I think yeah, and we had chatted a little bit, and this is gonna be like super specific to podcasters, but we had chatted a little bit about the PodX conference, and we went to a niche um, presentation that was just an entire really popular podcast in YouTube about flute playing, like, and just like super intense professional fluting flat flautists, and like it was fascinating. <laughs> and they just no, I think it's flautists is right, flout- okay. <laughs> but um, they. Just they did. They doubled down on that. They're like, just the more like small you can go, the more you're gonna find your people. And that's become huge. Yeah, I mean, man, flutes. Who knew? Like, <laughs> we're yeah. missing something yeah. by not being artistic. Yeah, so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think that's excellent advice. So, John and Amy, if you could share with our listeners where they can connect with you online. Sure. So we are mainly at um, Magic Shop Ears on Instagram and we are shop S-H-O-P-P-E because there was another one. So Magic Shop Ears. <laughs> Some people say shoppy to help them remember that. Magic Shoppy. And then if you want to find the podcast, we're at the Pixie Chicks podcast on Instagram and both of those Instagram accounts will lead you to all of our other socials. But Instagram is definitely where you're going to find us most often. Perfect. So of course we will put... The links to those in our show notes will also put an iTunes link over to the Pixie Checks podcast if you guys want to check that out. We highly recommend it. So, John and Amy, we have had so much fun chatting with you guys today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast to see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon.